Bro Show. Guys, we're talking about our broken promise, which was the promise that, you know, we wouldn't do series because of reasons. Personal convictions, really. It would break my soul if we did series, except for we've already done like 20 of them since the beginning of this podcast. And it's a young podcast. So, you know, we're going to continue breaking our promises because that's just who we are now, I guess. I don't even know. But today I got with me, Ryan with me, Elijah Lane, my best friend, my right lobe. He keeps me grounded in logic, even though I go crazy with the analogies. He's like, dude, what do you even mean? anyway if you haven't heard it yet be it's probably because it's not even in existence so don't look it up but be ready for it prepare your soul all right y'all got to take a moment and reflect think about it we're gonna do youtube videos now you're not gonna see our face count yourself lucky but (laughs) for now i ain't got a camera good enough yet all right but we're gonna get there we're going to do it and y'all gonna get the blessing of seeing elijah's face but for now we're gonna do youtube videos or he and i are gonna talk we're literally just gonna talk about things we like and it's in the works we're working on it it's a promise it's gonna happen i'm gonna keep this promise unlike the promise about not doing series that i made to myself about this podcast we're actually gonna we've already recorded a few times all right and so we're working on it it's gonna happen believe elijah don't believe me i've broken too many promises already but believe elijah I don't even know anymore. I've tried recording this podcast 30 times. What happened? Yeah. Literally, I've tried recording this podcast like a billion times. I'm not even joking. Okay, I am joking, but still. Today, we're going to talk about home, but as in, is home earth? Previously, we talked about how heaven is home and how heaven is a place in which we look for our possibly our returning our eternal resting place. Do when we die, do we go to heaven? Do we stay there? The answer is no, but also yes, because heaven plays this very crucial role as the capital of all creation. I made a reference in the last podcast about how Jerusalem played a role as an image of heaven, and uh, Hebrews is a very strong uh, is a very strong influence for that view. Um, <clears throat> but basically Jerusalem and the temple particularly was supposed to play this role where all of the kingdoms came to God, came to heaven to worship God. And the temple in Jerusalem was supposed to be a portal that led to heaven. There are certain elements in the temple that actually reflected heaven in certain ways. I've actually sat down, do this, done the studying. Some theologians have really done through, gone through the work. It's really good stuff about like the placing of the basin, the number of things here. Every single element in the temple is supposed to point you towards one thing, heaven and God. That is the goal of the temple. And just like Jerusalem was supposed to be the capital of all the earth, heaven is the capital of all creation. Now, there are a lot of misconceptions about where we go when we die. And then where do we go as our final resting place? There's been in the Christian sphere, a lot of beliefs that we just died, go to heaven, stay there. That's actually more Celtic than it is Christian. 
there's all very heavy influence for that also this idea that like demons run hell that's also celtic did you know that elijah i didn't dude dude like straight up there's because hell is a place of punishment for demons they don't run the place they're one of the people stuck there I'm going to reference it later. So... Um, so the book that you're referring to is Death and the Pollution of Man by Francis Schaeffer. I'm kidding. That's the name that first, that was 200% wrong. Um, oh man, I have the book. I don't feel like looking for it. Um, but I, I'm a, I'm a Google it now. I can't help myself because we have to, we have to name our references. Otherwise, how are they going to find it? Oh no. What is this thing? Not beyond the shadow, not the case for heaven. Who are these things? Oh, the great divorce. Thank you. And when I heard that book for the first time, I thought he was actually talking about divorce. I was like, what's this dude doing? But he's not talking about divorce. He's talking about this process. This, you kind of take this journey from hell to heaven and this image of heaven that you're taught, the image of hell that you're talking about is this idea of man's own despair hell's uh c.s lewis's version of hell was more like an island where you were isolated and you couldn't connect to anybody you were left completely alone to your own despair to your own anguish like you're mentioning the hell that he describes in the great divorce people actually build their own houses live in despair and go build other houses with despair like they literally continue to grow their despair in their isolation they're not just staying in one place they literally continue to develop their despair and for all eternity they continue to build a city of despair by the houses they build up as they grow in this despair We're two hundred percent off topic, but I love what you're saying because it's this idea. Because you got like this, also this idea of an antichrist, a figure that is uh, another Christ. That's literally what it means in Greek. It doesn't mean an opposite of Christ, like you think a negative film. It's actually somebody that would look like Christ, talk like Christ, try and convince you that he's Christ, try and convince you of a new gospel, a different gospel. Did I ever tell you about that time I was stopped at a gas station by this lady who was trying to tell me she needed to raise money to pay bail for Jesus? Or that the because the American police system was going to kill Jesus just like they did in Jerusalem unless we paid bail. And this lady 
was too, I am, I am convinced in my soul she was not, she was not trying to scam me, but that she was being played by an antichrist figure. That was the weirdest time I've ever had. And I'm so happy I was married because my wife came up right behind me and went, you ready to go? And I was like, yeah, I'll be praying for you, lady. <laughs> I was like, I ain't got no money. Bye, lady. And I was working at a restaurant. So I literally had no cash. This lady found the wrong person. I hadn't, I, my bank account said zero. Anyway, we're off topic. <clears throat> All right, so where do we belong? That's really kind of what we're getting to here. Where do we belong? Where is our, where do we focus? Where should we orient our life? Because really answering the question, where do we belong is gonna alter the way that we see ourselves and the way that we talk. We talked about heaven. It plays a role in this, it even plays a role in this logically because it talks, uh, we talk about this idea that the Stoics had uh, that Plato would develop, that Paul would even kind of dabble in though I would say he wasn't a stoic and like he wasn't particularly advocating for Plato's view but even in the atheists you see this desire to see heaven as this place where logic comes from and descends and Christians have always agreed with this because that is the throne room of God heaven is God's throne and earth is his footstool that's you know a lot of the minor prophets you'll see that uh rhetoric but also it is the it is the center of creation, is where all creation is really tied together because it is his throne room. It is where all creation points towards. Now, this particular podcast, we're not gonna be talking about heaven. We're gonna talk instead about earth. In the last podcast, we talked a lot about earth, probably a bit more than we should have considering it was a podcast about heaven. But in order to understand heaven, we have to understand we are on earth. And so to understand heaven, you must understand earth to a certain extent. You gotta understand where you're at before you try and understand somewhere you've never been. I mean, it kind of follows. So what we're going to go ahead and start with here is earth as home. And where I would personally like to start is in the book of Genesis, particularly the Genesis creation. If you have not ever heard the story of the creation event, please stop this podcast and go listen now because it's way more important that you listen to that than this podcast. Even if you don't come back to this pod, please come back. But even if you don't come back to this podcast afterwards, going and listening to the Genesis event will teach you more about what it means to be human than anything I could say. Elijah, would you disagree? So. No way. Oh my gosh, you can't just say that. <laughs> you gotta send me some information on that. Oh my goodness. I'll leave it in the description if I can find it or if Elijah sends it to me because that's juicy. Anyway, <laughs> the Genesis creation helps show us what it means to see Earth as home because it shows our creation. And first off, it gives us an identity through the journey of creation. It does something that I've only seen in one other book in really all of my studying, and that's the Kujiki. If you've never heard of the term Kujiki, I don't blame you. I didn't know what the Kujiki was when I first read it. It was fascinating to read. Please go, like, don't read Genesis first. In fact, continue reading the whole Bible. It's way more important to read that. But also, 
consider the Kujiki just for a little bit, read a little bit of it. It's really fascinating, but super hard to follow because it was like really ancient Japanese. And then the Japanese has to be put in updated Japanese and translated into English. It's a crazy time. But the Kujiki is the one of the, I think it's like one of the main two religious texts behind the Shinto. I wouldn't even call it religion at this point. It's more like a cultural influence. If you've ever watched like anime or you've ever watched anything from Japan, you will have seen people like go up to shrines with a big red like doorpost and there's like 30 of them in a row or people are like washing themselves with water. They're sitting down under waterfalls or trying to do things that are purification. If you've ever seen origami, origami is part of the Shinto process, this idea of purity versus filth. And that's really what Shintoism comes down to, uh, taking a pure perfect piece of paper and folding it into an image instead of cutting it and you cannot cut it that would be unpure you must instead fold it into this pure white image and it, I heard one time a rumor that if you got like a million cranes I think into a room it would heal any illness it's this idea of purity influencing your physical body by taking this pure process of origami and taking it and putting it into the same room to purify you. So that's neither here nor there, but what's happening with the Kujiki is at the beginning of the Kujiki, you see this process of describing how humans were made. And then you see the process of seeing how Japanese people were born. And it gave the people of Japan an identity as people who were descendant from gods, particularly, I cannot remember their names. They have English translation to the names. I can't, I, do not ask me to describe their names in uh, ancient Japanese because I will botch it, but it was he who invites and she who invites. And what's even more interesting is it describes where impurity comes from, or in other words, where fallenness comes from in the Kujiki. There was a rock, there was a marriage. He and she who invites were gonna get married so they could do the deed and make the babies. But when they walked around the rock, the woman spoke instead of the man. Are you starting to see some similarities here, Elijah? Because I know you've heard the Genesis account a little bit. And when the woman spoke first, she broke the regulation and the culture of the honor of the man. And in so doing, introduced something that was contrary to the order that was meant to be happening. Reality. That literally the, the exact fabric that reality was built off of because there were already male and female gods. Part of reality was an understanding that male and females had a certain relationship and in the and i understand in the united states today this is not popular to talk about but we're talking about some old ancient kujiki um religion please show patience <laughs> but there is this process where you start seeing the nature of man described genesis is one of the only books that describe that aside from maybe the kujiki that describes man where he comes from his nature and gives him both value and a direction in which to walk based off of his past based off of who he is and what i love is that most religions just try and concern about telling their people what they're worth genesis tells the whole world and so it holds the whole world accountable it says no 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 not just the jews we're taking this whole puppy down with us. I adore that. Even in the Kujiki, it's only about the Japanese. But in Genesis, it's the whole thing. I love it. Anyway.
So what is the Genesis account? By this point, I hope you've paused and read it, or you're at least familiar with the process. But in this journey, and honestly, we're going to go outside the Genesis account. We're going to go through the whole thing. We've got a multi-stage process that helps us see who we are as humans. First, we have creation. That defines us by our creation. We are human beings created in the image of God. What that, what that leads us to be, and this is going to be important later, is that we are many gods. Not many gods like the Kujiki would have the Japanese believe, but instead that we are representatives of God. We are, to a certain extent, able to do certain things, such as create. And that's how sin was, if you will, created. Man influenced sin by using his God-given image and power in order to introduce fallenness to the world. That's the equation. Just like the equation of the Kujiki was that woman spoke first instead of man and thus broke the fabric of how the world is supposed to be in Genesis, it was that we were supposed to represent God with our ability to create, and yet we used it in the wrong manner. So we have creation and then thus the fall. Creation shows us what we were originally meant to be. And this is the creation is the conviction in your heart that things are not right. The natural conviction in your heart that things are not how they should be. Fall, the fall, is why things are not the way they should be. And we're going to go visit that again later here in a little bit. Because this is probably the first podcast I have gotten all of this together this well. I'm so proud. I've done so much work. Thank you for your patience, listeners. But then we have reunion. And that's going to be the gospel. That's way later on. <coughs> ah, That's way later on. And just Elijah's looking at him and being like, dude, you need to calm down. <laughs> All right. Um, that's what his face, like, authentically, I think I saw a glint of concern in your eyes. Anyway. Dude, if you need to go, go. It's fine. I know you wanted to be here, but you got more important, de uh, more important responsibilities. You want me to pause for a little bit? Evan Williams is speaking with me. Evan Williams is speaking with me. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a moment here. Elijah, have you had any thoughts past what we've said thus far? We've talked about creation, fall, even started to touch on the reunion with God, but we haven't actually talked about it. We talked about how the Bible gives us an identity by telling us our creation process. It gives us the journey, and by the journey, we come to the conclusion of where we are. It gives us context to who we are, really, through the journey. Have you had any questions on that thus far? Heaven's off limits. If you want to ask questions about heavens, you got to go re-listen to podcasts. All right. I'm just laying that law down.
I think that's a good way to put it. It takes us out of who we are. We're not, we don't have what it takes to breathe, to swim, to move around. We've lost our food source. We've lost everything. And one of the most powerful things a person can do is remove you from those sources. Take you as a fish out of that water. And we're going to go into that later, but I think Satan does a good job of doing that in the fall. So we're going to talk about that, though. Don't get ahead of me. Calm down. Anyway. <clears throat> Do you need to go? Be honest with me. I don't want to go over another 30 minutes. If that's the case, I probably will just turn this into a two-parter and do the second half later. All right, anyway, all right. <clears throat> we are going to have to be very quick. All right, no time to waste. 
So we have talked about creation and fall. Now, reunion with God, of course, is going to be the gospel. When we are put back into reunion, not just with God, but all creation. When we are brought into unity back to the point where we were supposed to be. But then also we have the end, which is perfection. When all things are how they should be. So it's like a two-step process. We are currently in the point of reunion. However, we have not yet reached the point where all things have been made balanced or perfect. You got like a two-step process right there that for some reason Westerners have a hard time understanding that I would love to dive into, but that's going to have to be our YouTube channel. Anyway, <clears throat> Genesis also offers another little scope, not just into our identity via the journey, but also it offers a scope and a view into our relationship with the earth. Earth. Offers a view into our, the earth. See, we were, we are made from earth. We are one of the few things that are actually made from earth. I think that thing, probably that statement itself should not be overstated. We are made from the earth with the breath of heaven, which is the breath of God, in the image of God. So we are a unique mixture. We are a unique content, uh, cocktail in the lore of Genesis, which is the lore of creation, which is where we come from. Like when I say lore, I don't mean it's fiction. I mean it's the basics, all right? Um, in the lore of creation, we are a unique context of heaven and earth. So that's why I would get away with trying to say that we are both home is both heaven and earth because of both are a mixture of who we are. Yes, sir. Elijah, no. I was going to say, Elijah had to step away for a second, and literally the look in his eye was like a kid who saw a candy bar that he has always really just wanted and just realized he gets to have. And he goes, his mom said yes, and he goes, oh, yes. Like, that was the look in his eye. He was so excited. Anyway, good.
I'm happy you took that and ran. There's so much we could do with that because there is just this heavy tension that goes on. Um, that really just goes on with the whole process of being formed from the earth, but at the same time being breathed by the very thing that gave light. I think also we could play with the fact that the moon and the stars are God forming darkness. The things that were at one point of one point of void, he himself has still influenced and formed. So there's just there's more we can do with that but this isn't the place we're going to talk about that um our youtube channel though we will talk about it all the time so you should go check that out but anywho okay calm down we're not there yet all right we got to get the youtube channel first patreon will be second all right um but right now see the process of the Genesis or the creation account, I refer to it as a Genesis account because the Genesis is the first of the beginning. Um, but that's confusing because that's the whole entire book of Genesis, which includes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creation, the beginning of the creation of the Israel nation. And so in the creation account, we have be we have being made. We are made here. But again, we are also made with earth, but also heaven. So we can look at both and say that they're home. We have a little bit of both inside of us. Imagine real quick that you were very proud of your Italian heritage, but then you took a DNA test and also found that even though you're 50% Italian, you're also 50% Puerto Rican. Guess what? <laughs> you got, now you got, now you can be proud about the fact that you got some um, really good cooking in your heritage, but, <clears throat> and I can test this personally, a lot of sass. All right, in your heritage, both Italian and Puerto Rican. Like, you've got no hope. You're just one sassy person. But anywho, um, also, part of our relationship with Earth, because we are both heaven and Earth, is that we represent Earth. And that the part of this conversation is that sin has entered Earth through Adam, but also through us. Our sin, even our daily sin, has an influence on the world around us our daily sinful nature influences the earth and this is something the old testament doesn't let us get away with i while doing research i cannot tell you the amount of times i ran into the conflict between humans and the earth in the old testament like they almost go hand in hand the nature of earth and the nature of humans because we are very responsible to the earth around us. There was always this pre present heavy emphasis on the fact that in the beginning, humans were made with a particular relationship to earth. And one thing that I love in the Genesis account is the first job Adam had to make babies, right? No. To be a good husband? No. To worship God? Okay, yes, but that was a cop-out, all right? I'm going to give that one to you, but that was a cop-out. You know it. That's the nature of all creation. Just humans have a different version of it. The, what's up? The first job that humans were given, the first command we were given was to name all the animals. It may be hard for you to miss because we don't really live in this world today, but that was the job of like a shepherd. That was the job of a farmer. That was the job 
So even in a perfect earth, we were still working at shepherds. It just looked differently, which would be a point of pride in Jerusalem because they had a lot of shepherds. It's why most of the parables Jesus gave were in relation to shepherds. Then we had a second job pop up that was touched on, and we didn't really like the way it was touched because it was in punishment, talking about how we would not have to labor by the sweat of our brow to make the earth give forth food. Now you have the different type of farmer. There is a connection between the job of a farmer to the identity of humanity. And there's this heavy influence between the prestige that should be given to the responsibility of people who help us make food. But that's not the point of this podcast. I just did not want that to escape. The fact that when you read Genesis, you see two very heavy influences. The job of a farmer, as far as a shepherd, back in that time, today we'd probably call them like, you know, livestock farmers. And then the job of a farmer in the in, in the respects of making grain and vegetation. <clears throat> Elijah, you look like you had something to add. So we represent here, but also sin has entered through man. In fact, that would probably be because, because we represent earth. And we're going to touch on this later, but the nature of the Bible, something the Bible does not let us get away with, and something that Westerners have completely thrown out the window, is that you have a very special relationship with the things and people around you. You are part of the world around you. You influence the world around you, and the world around you influences you. I got a wave. I'm going to edit that out. You're good. Word. All right, I'm going to keep going. <clears throat> no, I'll keep going. Just be real quick because I got a good thing coming. Good thing coming. So, you are influenced by the world around you, and the world around you influences you. You are part of an economy. You are part of a living organism. Modernity has permitted us to get away with believing that we are individuals in a sea of individuals. So, because of this, you either have a certain amount of liberty or you are enslaved to the system and you got those two options my dog has felt like this was an important point to bring in the podcast he has decided to speak with us thank you for the wise words levi anyway we play this intricate and important part in a system where we are actually part of a living organism we are influenced by the world around us and the world around us influences us so we are influencer who is influenced Because of this, our sinful nature and our sinful action as human beings, and I think that because of the nature of being an organism, a part of an organism versus being an individual in a sea of individuals, is realizing that Adam's sin is also our sin. There's an ownership here where we are, again, as I stated earlier, an influencer who is both influenced rather than as modernity would teach us a sea of individuals where either I am in complete liberty where I can do whatever I want and identify as whatever I like or you are just another cog in the machine and to to be sacrificed to the objective of the machine. Rather than that, you are part of a living organism in a sea of living organisms. You do not purposely get rid of a cell because even though I am a collection of cells i am also an individual who needs the cells so at the same time i want to save all the cells i can because i recognize those as part of me who also are in a specific way probably like individual and not in the way that modern people believe again modernity has removed this idea that we are part of a living organism we are part of something greater than ourselves who are both influencers who are influenced so thus when nature has fallen, it is because humanity led the way. 
because we are all in a certain way connected. <clears throat> Continuing on. We've gotten to some baselines on what it means to have Earth as home, and we've used Genesis as a reference. However, another direction I want to go is this idea of Earth as home and what it really means for us today. We've talked about what it means in the past, the journey that's given us an identity, but how should we view this today? How do we view this now? And as a point of contrast, I would actually like to start off talking about the way that maybe an atheist would view Earth. And I speak as this as an outsider. To be honest, I've never really spent a day outside of my life as an atheist. Even in my heart of hearts, I've recognized that there's a God most all of my life. I've never really spent a time saying there is no God. I've decided to step back and say there has to be a God. What is he really? And I've decided for myself to come to the faith of Christianity. And um, to be honest, the Christian God, he didn't, God didn't really give me a choice in many of it because he is, when he speaks, you listen. All right. You can't really not let hear him, but I know you have something to say. <laughs> But there's never really been a day where I said, oh, there is no God. So, but when it comes to atheism, there are certain conclusions to reach. See, the earth itself to an atheist is a raft. And Elijah challenged me on this, pushed me on this. All right, push back as much as you can because I need the outside view to really kick in if we're going to get to the truth of this. Bef All right. So here's the thing. Atheists view the earth as a raft in the middle of the ocean. You only got one or you're going to die. All right. We, that's why we're so desperate to try and find another earth that can hold humans. Why we're so desperate to get to Mars. You lose earth, you're gone for. Earth or nothing. Earth or bust. All right. It is full of despair and hopelessness. The earth is nothing more than what it is and it cannot be anything greater. To an atheist who does not have an absolute to push life farther and connect the heaven to earth, who has completely decided heaven is not a factor and instead replaced heaven with only logic that has, that is empirical, earth is the only raft in the middle of this ocean. If we want to live, we're going to need to find another raft or we're going to need to find some land. So it is a raft in the middle of the ocean that is sinking and bailing water. To the Christian, however... Earth is tied to heaven. Again, we are both. We are the breath of God, which is heaven, and created from the earth, which is earth. We are the two. So because of this, earth has a part of it that is greater, is greater than ourselves, but at the same time is part of ourselves. There is a connection here that makes earth not the only boat in the middle of this ocean. It's a, there's not really much of an analogy I could ever find that could replace it. But we see it as connected. There is an under foundation that holds the earth so that even if the earth perishes, there is something that is going to continue to push towards the greater. And the greater is not the glory of man or your ability to survive, but the glory of the person who created that earth. We're now on the second page, but the second page is completely full. So, and we got like five minutes. I've got, I'm going to, I'm going to blast through this, dude. Any comments thus far?
Lighthouse or anything. Nothing. So there's a game there's a game called Raft, actually, and I did not get the analogy from it, but I did think about the the, the game afterwards and went I think the connection's too uncanny not to mention as you're speaking. So point of raft, the world has proceeded to flood because you know, snow caps have melted, all that jazz. And so you are on a raft and now you've got to survive. And you basically just take some of the floating debris and try and build on your raft and build on your raft and build on your raft. You like throw a hook out to try and bring in a plank. You're gonna use that, build another connection to your raft, hopefully somehow build an oven, build some way to get water, build some way to get food, get build some way to figure out where you're at and all this jazz. And that's kind of the way it is. It's like, you've got what's in front of you, that's it. You ain't got nothing else. No one's gonna come to save you. There's no hope of meeting anybody else. Your only hope is to build off the raft, which is the attempt to try and get to Mars. You got to build on the raft or you're going to continue, you're going to sink, which you got two options. Anyway, we're going to keep going because we're running out of time. Now, because of this, because now we've talked about where we're at currently. We are connected. We are interconnected. We are this part of this organism. We are a cell in the organism that is creation. And so when you look left and right, you find the we. Remove the I and replace the re, we. Now, when I was a child... Time for a story, and hopefully the story will be quicker than eight minutes. When I was a child, I went to a corner store. There was a corner store in this... Okay, <clears throat> edit that out, Nathan. So I was raised in Forest Hill, Louisiana. I hope that brings clarity to everything. It probably doesn't, because no one knows where that is. It has a population of, like, five. All right, it is a small town. When people talk... make Look, one, one, one traffic light 
one post office, one sheriff's office. And when I was a child, there was no bank. They eventually put a bank in there. But there was one corner store where you could get gas. Everything else, forest. Everything else was just country. You know what I mean? Not, not country, country. All right? Like, like that real country accent, you could bust out country. All right? It was the epitome of a one-light town. It is every, there was a pool house as well where people got, fight, got in fights every weekend. Like, that's where this was. All right. It was the definition of a country song. And and so I lived right across from <laughs> I lived right across, across from the corner store. And at the corner store, there was also like a, an attempt to make a strip mall. But really, it was just like three alternative entrances into the building with separate like, you know, stores you could have. There was one that tried to be restaurant, another one that tried to be a tanning bar, or like a tanning salon. And at the same time, tried to be a vacation organization company you know what i mean at the same time you could get both you could get a tan to prepare for the vacation and get the like get the vacation organized at the same time like skill and then that didn't work so they turned it into an arcade <laughs> like what the heck it was constantly changing anyway i went to this corner store i got an allowance of like a dollar and a half that could get me like a coke and a twix i went to go get a coke and a twix i went up to the um went up to the register which was right next to the empty spot where there used to be a restaurant and eventually they'd sell fried chicken but that wouldn't work because it's it's a country it's a country town quit trying to quit trying to build empires in a country town it's not gonna work all right anyway i know you got the best fried chicken ever this is not the town to make it so anyway we i went up to the register and i was like all right i'm gonna buy this and i go into my pocket to try and get my uh, try and get my allowance and guess what wasn't there my allowance and so i was like okay um put this to the side please i don't want anyone to take my junk because that's mine now even though i'm paid for it trust me it's mine i promise and i'm gonna go get that money real quick and this old man he's not old but he was old by my standards because i was like a preteen and he comes up behind me and he puts some money down and he says i'm gonna pay for it also put 20 on the gas because there was a gas as well. And I was like, hold up. Whoa. I can't let you do that. What's up? And he said, you know what? You can pay me back later. I was like, how am I going to pay you back later? Are you coming back tomorrow at the same time? He's like, I'll tell you what. You're starting to get old enough to start learning how to drive. I was like, I didn't even think about that, but all right. He goes, when you go out driving, if you see me on the side of the road, just go ahead and pick me up. I was like, are we going to come up with a hand signal? How am I supposed to know it's you? And he goes, that's the point. That taught me something as a child. I didn't even care about driving up until this interaction. And in the back of my mind, I didn't realize until I thought about this story when I was like 20-something. I actually got excited to drive. Not because I wanted to drive, but because I wanted to be part of this world this man was talking about. Where you, someone pays for your food, and then you turn around, you pick someone off, off the side of the road. And I'll tell you what, very rarely do I pass someone up on the side of the road. And I've met some interesting people, all right? There was one dude, he had a, a bottle of water. I know you got to go soon, but he's got, he had a bottle of water in his jacket, and he just put, he was resting his hand on his bottle of water. It was nothing. He just had his hand in his jacket, put rest of, but I picked this kid up, and I was like, listen 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 
I don't know you. I know no, I know nothing about you. <laughs> I hope you don't get offended by this. But can I see what's in your jacket? Because your hand looks like it's holding the gun. <laughs> he goes, oh, let me, here you go. It was a bottle of water. I was like, sheesh. I almost died. Anyway. <laughs> and. Yeah, for, for real. I was like, what the heck? Anyway. So, but by the time I was done with this conversation with this dude, I was driving him to his home. He was like, are you Christian? I was like, yes, sir. He was like, what church you go to? I've been looking for a good church. And if they got people like you there, I want to go. Now, the church I was going to at that time, I didn't trust. The pastor actually harassed us when we left. Like, he texted my wife and was like, no one ever leaves my church. I did not like the church we were at. So, sadly, by the time I found a church I liked, I would lost contact with this dude. Huh? Yeah, we'll do that on our YouTube video. But anyway... I despise pastors like this. He's currently got like a radio broadcast. He's trying to publish books. He thinks he's all that. He wants to be a superstar and he thinks that being a pastor is the way to lead to it. But he doesn't care. Oh, anyway, we're not going to talk about it. I'm going to edit all this out because this is not what we're going to do. We're going to do it on a YouTube video. Yeah, no, we won't. We won't be out in the next two minutes. Anyway, we're not going to do it at this point at all. But the point is this. That interaction at the corner store was where I learned I was part of a world. I was part of an organization. I was part of an organism. And it wasn't me. It was we. It was not I. It was us. And it was not about what I can get in my individual liberties, as society was teaching me today. This man, I'm not sure he meant to, but he did teach me. A very old but very important lesson that I am part of something bigger than myself. And my actions help influence that, but the actions of that thing greater than myself influence me. And that is the difference between the raft and the boat. And what how Christians view the world. Because heaven and earth are connected. Because they're made by the same God who has decided the same plan with the same consistency and has the same objective. So we've gone too far. What I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast where it is right now. We are not even close to done. We have another podcast worth of content talking about how heaven is part of earth because we've just established the basics here. So Elijah and I are going to meet up another day. We're going to record this another day. We're going to publish it another day. But I really, Elijah, what do you want the people to know as we leave today? After everything you heard, what do they need to understand about what you just heard? I am going to enjoy this next podcast because we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Old Testament. The Old New Testament 
was very quick, had very clear objectives. The Old Testament was simply talking about what it meant to be human. And it talks so much about the relationship between earth and heaven. And that's what we're going to get into in the next podcast. So please subscribe. Please be sure to follow this podcast on whatever platform you're following and be ready. We're going to get, I've already done the research. So this thing is going to be done out at its appropriate time. And we're going to talk about the Old Testament and how the Old Testament thinks we should take care of the earth. And we're going to talk about taking care of the earth as part of both heaven and earth.